What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hoburn. As always, I'm joined by the two Jays, Joey Carrion and Jared Marcus. Gentlemen, uh, week 11, I think that the way I would describe this slate is concise. I think that the pool of viable DFS plays is smaller than usual. The optimal choices seem pretty clear, at least in my opinion, at just about every position except maybe wide receiver. There's some some room for debate, but you know we'll delve into that and the rest of the slate in a moment here. As always, we're going to go position by position and discuss all of our favorite plays on the week 11 main slate on DraftKings. And then after that, we'll go over a couple of low-owned options for GPP and then close out the show with our best bets of the week. But before we do any of that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they could support the podcast? You can support the podcast by subscribing to us on YouTube or iTunes at the DFS Dose. That's where we release our podcast. If you're into watching the video format, that's on YouTube. Audio format on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcast. And then you could go ahead and follow us on Twitter. That's where all of our content gets posted to. Whenever the episode releases, add the DFS Dose. It's the best way to support us. Just uh, subscribe and follow us on those platforms and leave a like, leave, you know, comment, share, all that good stuff. And then sail to the money. That is that is facts. Facts. Um, you guys got any general slate overview-ish opinions before we get into the position by position breakdown play Uh, the whole panthers team that is true play five play five panthers in cash i mean we're definitely going to be hitting on a panther at just about every position maybe every position if we uh, are interested in their defense exactly uh, i guess we can just jump right in here (laughs) yeah um so let's talk about quarterback. Uh, Joey, do you want to kick us off here? Yes. Yeah, so quarterback. Okay. I just want to say that Lamar is the best play on the board at 7-7. Seven, seven. But yeah. he is $7,700. That's a lot for a quarterback, regardless of, you know, position or whatever. So the clear-cut best pay down option on the slate is Kyle Allen at 5.3 K at home against Carolina 27 point team total for the Panthers just an all-around favorable matchup for Kyle Allen and I project for him to hit at least 20 fantasy points at a very cheap salary so he's probably one of my favorite cash quarterbacks on this slate yeah, I agree. He He's probably where I'm rolling if I don't pay up for Carr, which I don't think I'm going to. But I love Kyle Allen. I'm not paying 7-7 for Lamar, most likely, unless some value, yeah. like, opens up. Yeah. I will say, okay, I, mean, Lamar is I was the only I was the only one of us three to play Lamar last week at 7-3. Um, I mean. Usually, usually I don't. I, in cash games. Okay. Yeah, I know, but like Kyler, Kyler usually I don't play. Uh, I don't think he so. scored, but usually I don't pay up for a quarterback in cash. But I did last week and it worked out. But I don't think there's a need to this week. What? So, Joey, can I just ask you a question? What's the difference between seven point three and seven point seven? Four hundred dollars. That's the difference. Yeah, I I don't mean I don't mean literally. <laughs> 
it, it, there there is no, there is no difference i mean and and we need to consider a couple things here one i mean put the you know put as much stock into this as you will with kyle allen i mean the panthers team total is dropping it's already down 1.5 since open um looking at lamar jackson i mean he's on pace right now to beat patrick mahomes all-time qb1 finish last year he's on time you know on pace obviously to beat every other qb finish of all time including you know peyton 2013 mahomes last year and you know comparing him to somebody like kyle allen you know lamar's put up 26 points or more on dk in five out of his last six kyle allen has one game over 20 points on DraftKings, and that was all the way back in week three you know we're talking about uh the comparison of a, of a player's floor being higher than another player's ceiling and yeah like 2.4k is a lot but i i think there is room i think there is value on this slate that you can get there and if you just separate it from position i mean we're seeing something historic here and it goes everywhere on this slate you know you can look at it at defense you know whether it's the patriots or the 49ers defense you know whether it's michael thomas at 9.9 whether it's mccaffrey at 10.5 it's like some of these players transcend position in production and if you're just looking at where can i get the most value out of 7.7 on this slate it's like there's not a safer pick i think than lamar jackson and and yeah i mean i guess qb production is replaceable but i want ceiling and exposure to a potential ceiling at every play on my roster not just you know, a floor. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want 15.9, you want a safe 3X, go for Kyle Allen. But I, I want, you know, 30-plus upside, uh, even at quarterback. I mean, obviously Lamar has 30-plus upside, but there is an argument to that. And he hit his 30-plus point ceiling against three of the worst four defenses in the NFL. So let's just throw that out there. Second of all, last week, there wasn't really any pay down options. And the difference between, you know, Lamar and... Tannehill. Winston. Tannehill was a legit yeah, pay down he, option. Yeah, and he hit his twenty. So, and and you, Tannehill didn't kill you. Didn't kill you last week. Um, it was either Tannehill or Lamar for me last week. But like, and then the difference between Lamar and Winston was only five hundred. So I felt like there was no reason to play Winston when you could have just got up to Lamar or Kyler Murray or any other quarterback in that range last week. Um, but this week I think there is some good quarterbacks in good matchups that you would be able to pay down to, and that should get you 20 points and allow some roster flexibility at other positions, such as wide receiver or tight end, instead of punting down and hoping, you know, a guy falls into the end zone. I suppose that is a fair rebuttal. I just, uh, I don't know, man. I think that the, like, the, the move this week across positions is to target these players who are doing things that we haven't seen before and they're just producing at all-time levels and we've got that at three different spots and it's possible to at least secure it in two i'd rather play drew Brees than lamar see i don't we could talk about breeze then i i personally prefer dak but what what is it that you like about breeze in that range what did you just say you prefer dak over drew breeze <laughs> why yeah absolutely that doesn't make any sense because Drew Brees is playing like one of the worst defenses in the league, past defenses in the, in the entire league. You know who Dak is Detroit's playing? Detroit's not that bad. They are horrible. I'm pretty sure that they are the 31st worst pass defense Bruh. in the league. I guarantee Drew Brees <laughs> will outscore Dak. You're out of your mind. 
Do you have any reason to think that? First of all, they have a what twenty-eight implied team total. What does Dal- what does Dallas have? Twenty-eight. Oh, they're both twenty-eight. Twenty-seven point eight. They're both twenty-eight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Drew Brees is a better quarterback. First of all, he's playing a worse secondary, and there's no argument to that. So if you if you want to argue that, you're just an idiot, honestly. Um, they're in a they're in a game where they just scored nine points last week and got busted by the Falcons. So you know Drew Brees is gonna come out and throw forty times this game. Um, and Kyler Murray just dotted them up last week, and that's why I played Kyler Murray last week and how he was my favorite quarterback last week. And he ended up being the best play on the board, point per dollar. Hands down. Kyler Murray just threw for 324 and three touchdowns. Drew Brees will match that or do better. And I'll put my life on that. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks are the worst secondary by far in the NFL, so it is a really good spot. For Breeze, I mean, comparing the two, I would personally, I'd rather have Breeze as well. I'm not paying. I'd rather pay the extra 200 for Breeze over Dak. Nine, yeah, nine. Both of them are in cash consideration for me personally. Breeze definitely only GBPs. I mean, if you want to go there, um, I would just try and find the 800 to get to Lamar at that point. But I'm good. I'd rather play um, Drew Breeze, in my opinion. But those are two both two bad defenses. So, and I like Dak too personally. Um, but I prefer Drew The Saints Brees. are putting up at least 40 points this week. Minimum. Yeah, um, you know, I, I like Breeze for sure. I just, I don't know. I mean, Dak to me seems like a smash against the Lions. It's, you know, indoors. And, you know, Breeze has some significant splits when we're talking about on the road and outside. I think that that's a concern. Uh, we're talking about a second division game, which we know are always tend to be low scoring. And we just saw that Breeze is human. Last week against, you know, a pretty equally great matchup. I mean, I hear what you're saying about, you know, what, what Kirk did, but, you know, Kirk isn't facing the Bucks for a second time within his own division, and I definitely agree with Joey. If I'm paying up that high, I would be paying up to Lamar. I mean, in terms of cash, I feel like it's either Lamar or Kyle Allen. I mean, if you want to go somewhere in the middle, I like Dak. I like Derek Carr to an extent, but I think it's probably either yeah. punt or get up to Lamar for me. I mean, Bro, first of all, Dak's I, not in the middle. He's 200 less than Drew Brees. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm in the middle of Lamar and Kyle Allen, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if you play Dak over Drew Brees, you have some serious problems. But um, I think it's really close between them two personally. I mean, Dak's not even a better play than Watson. I do. I think Watson is going to be a very low. He's not even a better play than Josh Allen. He's not. That's he's playing Josh Allen against Miami. I take Josh Allen over Dak all day. Are you just overvaluing the Lions, or I don't I don't get that? <laughs> the Lions are literally a bottom bottom of the barrel defense. They're I mean, if we just want to Trubisky, Dak just has, dotted them. Dak has had. Let's see, one one I think two the game three. Will be the most he's had four thing. games over twenty four or over twenty three. Yeah, he's had four games over 28 and only two games under 21.5. He's the definition of consistent. Consistent. When he had an eight-point game, the, the, 18 is horrible against the yeah, Jets. two games. 21 is 21 two didn't games. pay off value. And the Jets game was an anomaly. Oh, my God. All right. The, bi- the biggest thing is the game script because since Jeff Driscoll is going to be starting for the Lions, I think, um, 
the the Cowboys should be able to handle this game, and Zeke uh, should be able to run all over the Lions. So Dak might not have to do much, but I still like Dak. And if you want as a solid GPP option, if you want to talk about um, home away splits, he is significantly worse on the road. Dak. He is. He is. That's definitely worth bringing up. 8.6 points less on the road than versus at home. So Dak is also dealing and with And this is over the last two uh, seasons, not you know, just this season. Splits. So if we're bringing up, um, if we're bringing that up. Which it's fair to, I think, in both cases. I mean, if you want. I think we've been talking about Dak for two Yeah, long, he's trash. Personally. We shouldn't even mention him. Drew Brees, I'll take Drew Brees, Josh Allen, and Deshaun Watson over Dak. Interesting. Thanks. Interesting. Any of those? Any of those three stand out to you, Joey? Uh, I mean, I, I like Watson. Um, should be a high-scoring game between the Ravens and the Texans, but it is in Baltimore, and the Ravens secondary is kind of really good with Earl Thomas, Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, uh, Marcus Peters. Wow. So Watson might. Watson might have some trouble in Baltimore, but I still like him as a GPP option. But one of the best uh, quarterback plays on the board, I mean, we mentioned him briefly, is Derek Carr at home against the Bengals. The Bengals have the worst uh, pass DVOA by a wide margin. Um, The second worst defense is the Atlanta Falcons, so that works for Kyle Allen too. But Derek Carr, um, just a great play this week. Against the Bengals, uh, terrible, terrible, ter- terrible defense. The thing with Carr is like he continues to not be fantasy productive. You know, like Kyle Allen, only one game above twenty DK points, and it's just at a six point one price tag. I feel like again, if we're gonna be doing that, we might as well just pay down all the way to Kyle Allen and, and get those. Yeah, savings. I mean, I'm paying down to Kyle Allen no matter what because he's just too cheap and he has one of the best possible matchups on the slate. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to Kyle Allen no matter what. I just thought I'd mention Derek Carr for anybody interested in, in some car action. But yeah, no not thanks. Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen or Lamar, like you mentioned, um, you know, five minutes ago, are the two clear-cut cash quarterbacks for this slate. And it's just, I mean, I guess it's just what you prefer. If you want to pay for Lamar's ceiling, or if you want to just take the cheaper route with Kyle Allen, and it'll probably get you twenty points. In GPPs, I think we also have to consider Jimmy G. I mean, no. you know, it's tough because he's been hit or miss, but I mean, he's shown a ceiling up to this point. He showed a ceiling in this exact matchup a couple weeks ago, thirty-one point eight eight points against Arizona, and he's going to have, uh, you know one of the highest price plays I think that we're going to see all year at wide receiver as stone chalk. And uh, if everybody's going to be playing Debo, I think that, you know, it stands to reason that, you know, Jimmy G and him have a pretty good stackable potential there. Yeah. I don't mind him as a GPP option. I'm good. Um, yeah. I'd rather I, I play I, Watson I Allen. I'd rather play Dax trash ass over him. I'd rather play Drew Brees over him. Like these are all like at the same price. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you definitely have to consider game script. He is very expensive. Um, the Niners really don't throw that much. I mean, he threw 46 times against the Seahawks, but the Niners were down in that game. But in games where they've controlled, you know, the the game flow, he's only hit his, you know, 30 pass attempts. And I don't think he can 
um, reaches ceiling, only throwing 30 times. And I think uh, they're just going to control this game on the ground with Coleman and Mostert. So I want to go to Jimmy G. But one of my favorite GPP quarterbacks this week, um, I, I'm Tom Brady. I like him. Of course. Shocker. And it's interesting. Every week, every week we have to get I the mean, it's just the Eagles. In. We got the revenge game from the Super Bowl, so we got that narrative working. And the Eagles' pass defense is really bad, so I like a lot of the the receivers for the Patriots, especially Edelman. Talk yeah. about them in the wide receiver section. But I think Brady is in play, and I think he could reach 25 to 30 points. But one of the main interests for me is Dwayne Haskins, um, if you want to pay down, going up against the Jets. Uh, what's his price? 4.8K. At home against the Jets, and the Jets are really good against the run, and we know that uh, Bill Callahan wants to run the ball. So we're gonna see if you know he changes the game plan and just has Haskins uh, air it out against the Jets defense, where they are very beatable in the back end. Wow, Antonio Callaway got released. That's nuts. Um, responding to what you said there, I mean. I don't think I would play Dwayne Haskins. I mean, he seems like he's barely NFL ready, although, you know, McLaurin, who we'll talk about, I think is a smash play this week. And, you know, I'm kind of right there with you. I think Brady's going to be like probably under 5% owned. And, you know, I think two of his wide receiving options are in cash consideration. So I think we have to at least look there. But again, like it's really hard when, you know, Tom Brady all the way up to, you know, Watson, Prescott, Garoppolo, Josh Allen, like all those guys are within 400. So it's, it's hard, I think, to identify Brady. As, as the play out of that group. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I take Brady over definitely, Jimmy G. Yeah, definitely downside. But in this game script and uh, just the game environment, I think you could lock in 40-plus pass attempts from Brady. And at that point, it's just if he can, you know, get his three to four touchdowns and 300-yard um, bonus or not. Good to move on to running back? Yeah. Are we about to move on to – all right, so let's see. We've got, uh, you know, just like last week, McCaffrey, 10.5. Um, yeah. Any yeah, no, any reason to fade or are we just rolling just, it again? I mean, his price didn't go up whatsoever. He didn't hit value in quotes. He didn't 3X his 10.5. But, I mean, that's not necessarily what you're paying for. You're just paying for the safety of, 30 points. you know, getting 29 points or more in five of his last six. He's yeah, just a just smash play. Yeah, and not – Nobody's scared of this Falcons' perceived good run defense. They're going to get ate up by McCaffrey this week. So just lock him in your lineup. Just plug him in and then, you know, go on from there. And then you just look to the other side of the ball and plug that running back in. So, Talking, of course, about 2017 fifth-round pick Brian Hill. And, you know, the Panthers are a complete run-funnel defense. You know, they've allowed 17 touchdowns through nine games. That's almost two Touchdowns to running back per game, giving up five yards per carry to opposing backs. Ito Smith is on IR. Freeman is not going to play this week. So I guess the only concern that you can really, you know, project is playing two running backs in the same game, which we know correlates poorly. But I think to me that is something that you look at more in GPPs rather than cash. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, it's not optimal to play both running backs because, you know, if one team's doing really well, that means – Usually the running back on the other team isn't going to do well. Um, in that case, it would be Brian Hill who who would bust in this situation. Um, mm-hmm. But 
He's only 4.8K, so just shy under 5,000. He had 21 touches last week, and that's after Freeman got hurt. I'm not sure when he got hurt. Um, but if you're going to get you know 15 to 20 touches out of this guy at 4.8K going up against one of the worst run defenses in the entire NFL, um, I think he's just a lock no matter what. And he's projected to be the highest home running back on the slate even over, you know, McCaffrey and some other guys. So I think there's no reason to fade him in cash games. And honestly, he's probably a lock for GPPs uh, too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'll play him everywhere. There's no yeah. reason to, to fade him because Matt Ryan, was he was doing a lot of checkdowns with Devontae Freeman over the season, and he just lost Austin Hooper. So I think Brian Hill's like, he's, yeah. a, I, he's yeah. close to a lock for like at least 3X, almost probably 4X. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he's he's a really good play. Um, I guess the only downside would be an Atlanta blowout, like you said. You know, if one team gets ahead, you know, and it's Atlanta, Christian McCaffrey's just going to get you know ten targets. Whereas I don't know if that would happen if the reverse were true, and we just saw Atlanta shock a division team last week. But I, I don't know. Um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. In terms of talking about that game you know, real quick, that's some that's just the worst side of variance of all time, bro. That is nuts. But go on. Um, so I think that the other spot that people are going to heavily be targeting in cash games is Josh Jacobs. Um, do you guys want to discuss Mr. Jacobs here? 6,900 at home against I love Cincinnati. Josh Jacobs. There's no reason to not play him because Cincinnati has one of the worst run defenses in the league. As we just saw how Lamar yep. tore them up again on the ground. Um, they have the fourth worst rush defense yeah. in terms of DVOA. Um, and Josh Jacobs has been insanely consistent this whole year, so I love Josh Jacobs. There's no, I'm playing, I'm playing yeah, him a hundred percent GPP cash, whatever. Yeah, I could put some some numbers to that consistency as well. I mean, so first off, Jacobs is a 10.5 home favorite in this spot. They're coming off of 10 days of rest. Bengals are traveling all the way from Ohio to the West Coast. So right off the bat, that's three things that we like. Uh, you know, they've given up 12 touchdowns to opposing backs through nine games. He's put up 19 points or more in four of his last five. And, you know, to Jared's point about consistency, 23.4 touches per game in that span. You know, the only knock on Jacobs, um, which I don't really think applies in this spot, is that his receiving floor is low. I mean, his career high is five targets, never had more than three receptions in a game. But, you know, the only way that would really come into play in this spot, I think, is, you know, if they were in a negative game script and, you know, what are the chances of that, like 5% or less? Yeah. Like Jacobs is a smash. He's at, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. He's averaging 22 touches on the season um, total. So, I mean, he's just a great, great play at 6,900. And uh, like you said, the game script will work in favor of <clears throat> the Raiders. They should be able to control this game, and it will be on the back of Jacobs toting the rock, you know, 20-plus times and uh, all the goal line work. So, I, th- I think Jacobs is a good bet to hit at least 20 points this week. For sure. Uh, definitely a lot of touchdown upside in this spot. And, you know, speaking of touchdown upside, I really like Tevin Coleman for 6,100. You know, the 49ers, 12-point home favorites. And, you know, Joe, you brought up how, you know, Jimmy G and the 49ers don't really pass, especially in 
you know, neutral or positive situations. And I think that Tevin Coleman's going to really benefit from that. Uh, you know, Matt Breed is going to miss this game. And, you know, I'm sure Mostert will see some touches for sure. They might even sprinkle in a little bit of Jeff Wilson Jr. But, you know, Coleman will be the unquestioned lead dog in this spot. He's shown the propensity to score in bunches. He had that monster. I think it was a four touchdown game a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I think that something similar could happen in this spot with Breda out. Usually, uh, you know, the, the concern is, you know, whether or not it's going to go to him or Breda and they their split is so even. But with Breda out of the picture, I do think Coleman, you know, has a lot of uh, touch upside in the spot where the 49ers are going to see, you know, more plays than usual as every team that faces Arizona does. Yeah, I mean, Coleman is a great play. So, I mean, I don't have anything to argue with that. Um, obviously, he's seen a decline in rushing attempts from, you know, his 20 that he got, you know, a couple of weeks ago against the Redskins and 18 before that. But he has upside with Bradow and Sanders will miss the game too. So I think the Niners will run the ball more. And um, Coleman is a pass catching back, which obviously helps on DraftKings. You know, you get a point for each catch. So he, he has a receiving upside, rushing upside, and should be the goal line back. He's obviously a great play at 6,100 if you don't want to play Josh Jacobs. I mean, it's really close, but I think I like Jacobs a little bit more. Yeah, uh, you know, with Jacobs, there's no real concern about splitting work yeah. whatsoever. Um, so looking at some of these high-priced guys that I think have monster ceilings, uh, Dalvin Cook and Zeke Elliott, do either of those guys stand up over the other two? Um, I'd rather play Dalvin Cook. Um, didn't um, yeah. the Lions get Mike Daniels back last week? I'm I actually sure. don't know that. Oh, um, he might have re-injured himself. I, I heard he that was a big himself. reason. I, I'll have to I check the that practice report. I heard that Montgomery busted. I heard he was back, mm. like during the game. They're like, "Yeah, well, that's why Montgomery's not doing anything." I was like, "Well, I wish I knew that." That's my fault. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I mean, Zeke True. is always fine True. for his upside. But I'd rather Alvin Kamara over Zeke, and I'd rather Delvin Cook over both of them. Delvin Cook is a smash play every week. He's so consistent. If you want to fade McCaffrey and get the extra salary to like if you want to play, it's it's either McCaffrey and Josh Allen or McCaffrey and Kyle Allen or Delvin Cook and Lamar. If you want to go that route, like either's fine in my opinion. I feel like, yeah, I think that's definitely a pretty. Yeah, if you go down to Delvin Cook, I feel like you have to go up to Lamar. So I mean, if you fade McCaffrey for Delvin, it's not the worst worst thing in the world, but I wouldn't do it. But he GPP, he's a smash play because he's been so consistent this year. Super consistent. Touched the ball 18 times or more in every single game this year. And, you know, some people thought that, you know, it might be Diggs, it might be uh, Johnson or, or whoever getting the boost with Adam Thielen being out. But really it's been Dalvin Cook who's, who's you know, role in the receiving game has gone up. You know, in the games without Thielen, six targets, seven targets, seven targets. And, you know, the Broncos were able to shock the Browns at home in Brandon Allen's first start. Well, traveling to Minnesota is a different story. And Dalvin Cook uh, should completely smash in this spot Zeke as well you know um regardless of who the Lions have they're they're terrible against stopping the run and Zeke is a completely different monster from David Montgomery I would not expect them to be able to hold Zeke whatsoever in this spot I mean they could yeah, they just... could keep him in like they could contain him by and I mean that by like if he gets 100 or if he gets like 80 in a touchdown 
which is realistic. Like, that's not paying off 9K. Yeah, true, true. If he doesn't get the 100-yard bonus, um, that would be tough, especially because Zeke's, you know, role in the receiving game is really sporadic. Like, it, it's completely yeah. unpredictable. It's either going to be, you know, six or seven targets or, like, two. So it's really hard to, yeah. to justify that salary, especially, I think, in cash, he's completely yeah. out of play. More times than not this season, you're going to get, you know, a catch or two from Zeke. You know, he had some outlier six-catch games, but other than that, um, his receiving role has definitely decreased from last year. And I think that's just more so um, with the new scheme that was implemented. And they're taking more downfield shots with Cooper and Gallup. But Zeke at 9K, obviously, it's Zeke. But I don't think there's a need to go there, especially in cash. But Delvin Cook is a great play. And Jared mentioned Alvin Kamara. Um, yeah. I think he's an elite uh, GPP option at running back. No doubt about it. And, you know, a lot was made last week. We, were t- we definitely talked about it on the podcast is, you know, what kind of role would Latavius Murray have versus Kamara, uh, you know, after Kamara coming back and Murray being so productive when he was the lead dog. But, you know, I mean, we saw it. Latavius touched the ball seven times. And Kamara, meanwhile, had a season high and routes ran. He had 10 targets in his first game back. And, you know, while the box score wasn't really there, the usage was there, which is really encouraging. And, you know, seeing a guy like Alvin Kamara at 7,400, you know, that just makes it so, so enticing. And the Bucks defense, I'm legitimately, you know, afraid of in terms of running backs. They have been very, very good at stopping the run. But, you know, Alvin Kamara is the type of player who could smash any matchup anytime and break a slate. Yeah, I mean, that's just well said. I mean, last season he had some blow-up games against the Bucks. Obviously, it's a different team. But like you said, um, he could snap against anybody at any given moment, and his pass game usage will always be there with Breeze. Um, I think it's I think it's important to know that Breeze's you know arm strength has definitely deteriorated as he doesn't take that many deep shots anymore. So it's a, a very condensed uh, pass tree for Breeze and his wide receivers. A lot of short routes, which benefits Alvin Kamara um, just as much as Michael Thomas yeah um totally agree with that you guys have any interest in Fournette, who you know really was besides McCaffrey the most consistent usage play for a long time he hasn't been on the main slate since week eight so he's kind of faded from memory but yeah it's been a minute Indianapolis gives up a well you know the Colts give up a ton of receiving looks to running backs I guess it's just a matter of you know how different is this offense going to be with Nick Foles as the starter and you know is 7,900 you know paying over Kamara paying over Josh Jacobs you know paying over Coleman like does that even yeah. make sense I, I I'm leaning towards Jared's quick yeah. no on that. I'm good fam yeah nah, just there's there's just too many good running backs under him to play him at 7-9 I mean he was a smash play obviously when DraftKings refused to increase his price after getting 25 plus touches every week. But now that he's up there in the likes of, you know, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Range, uh, it's not, nah, just nah. Not for me, Doug. Anybody else you guys are considering for GPPs here? I mean, not really. Personally, I, I mean, okay. This depends on news, but one of the best GPP running backs a cheap cheap GPP running back is if Jordan Howard misses and that's Miles Sanders at 4100 up against the Patriots matchup is certainly you know a concern the 
the thing is, is that the Patriots' run defense isn't good. I will say that. You can't pass on the Patriots, but you could definitely run on them if you're committed to running the ball. And I think the O-line versus D-line um, for the Eagles' O-line, is they that's a, that's a mismatch. Their O-line is so much better than the Patriots' defensive line. And if Miles Sanders can uh, assume those Jordan Howard touches and his pass game work, I think he can easily pay off his 4100 salary at low ownership, too. And that's coming from a Patriots fan. So, Yeah, that's not, not the worst call I've ever heard, but Howard did return to practice in a limited fashion on Thursday, so that is trending in the opposite direction of that being viable. And I just want to say, um, you know, I've heard a little bit of talk, some chatter out there in the streets that people want to play J.D. McKissick, and I'm just going to say don't do it. Um, you know, it's the same same mistake that people made when they tried to play Ty Johnson in cash. It's just like, you know, just because Ty Johnson misses, it just means that Paul Perkins is going to get more work. Like, the Lions are never going to use a workhorse like that. If they didn't use carry on that way, you can guarantee that they're not going to use McKissick in that way. So, Especially with Jeff um, Driscoll just, at quarterback. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a full fade situation. The only GPP option that I'd like to bring up here is, you know, and this might sound a little nuts, but like it's from a terrible team, is Joe Mixon here, 5,500. You know, the Bengals got completely blown out. They were down by two touchdowns in the first quarter, and this dude still had 30 rushing attempts. Like, doesn't matter what the game script is. It doesn't matter any of that. They're just going to do everything they can to hide their quarterback, and they're just going to you know, let it ride with Mixon. I mean, 30 rushing attempts, 32 touches total in a game where they were just decimated, you know, for 5,500, that is a ton of usage, you know, point per dollar stance. But again, it, it would be hard for him, I think, to, you know, break a GPP and you certainly can't go there and cash. So I, I mean, don't know. It's just interesting I like, I like that, that they're so run heavy. Yeah. Anything else or are we good? Devin Singletary yeah. GPP. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, what the hell is DraftKings doing, though? You know, we we even said on this podcast that, you know, Jared definitely said uh, that it could be recency bias to just assume that he's going to, you know, bank 20 touches again. And that's exactly what happened is he went back to, you know, right around his season average, had 11 targets or I'm sorry, 11 total touches. Um, and then DraftKings still hiked his price up a, a, a full thousand. It's a Miami 5, Dolphins 000. effect, though. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean... I just can't pay 6K, I don't think, when Tevin Coleman is right yeah. there. But, nah. I mean, he could I, he could smash, I suppose. Frank Gore revenge game, and he's a Miami native. That's just a narrative to keep track of. But, um, There's no revenge game there. Let's move on to wide receiver here. Um, Michael Thomas, 9,900. Thoughts? That's nuts. Yeah. That's absolute nuts. 9,900 for a wide receiver. I mean, deservedly so. But just still nuts. I thought I'd never see the day. I mean, it's it's a hundred shy of the all-time DraftKings record, which was Antonio Brown. I think it was either twenty sixteen or seventeen when he was just you know peak dominance. And you know, honestly, Thomas is peak dominance right now. He's had eleven or more targets in four uh, in every game since week four. I should say that's five straight. And when he played the Bucks earlier in the year, he went for forty four DK points, eleven for one eighty two and two. So, I mean, if he were cheap, you know, if he were like 8,500, 8,300, like he, he was last week, he would be, you know, 80% yeah. owned in cash again. But, you know, I think they definitely priced him out of the range where most people are going to play him. And, 
you know, if we're getting into a situation where maybe in GPPs we go Breeze Thomas and then, you know, come off McCaffrey to make that work, there's definitely some mid-range running backs that you can yeah. get upside in. So I definitely think GPP, but I mean, he's out of cash consideration for us, right? Um. Yes. <sighs> I mean. I mean. <laughs> the only way you get there in cash is if you don't play McCaffrey. And I mean, Michael Thomas does have a higher ceiling. You know, wide receivers have higher ceilings than running backs. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna just play McCaffrey. So. Does Thomas have a higher ceiling than McCaffrey? I think so. I think he has 45 point upside that, every that, week. Joe, that applies to running backs. This dude McCaffrey is not just a running back. He's he's a top receiver. He's a top yeah. running back. He's a top defender. Top quarterback. <laughs> Top. McCaffrey's got a 50 point game on the season. He's legit in play Top in his every. highest of, you know, 99% to get like both bonuses. It's possible I think, for him. I think fading McCaffrey for Michael Thomas and GPPs is the right move if your team is correlated that like that, you know, like the, like you said with Breeze and, you know, maybe Kamara. I agree. I'll play all three of them in the lineup Michael Thomas, Kamara, Andrew Breeze. I mean that's my favorite side yeah. to stack, even though they royally fucked me last week. But that I think I think it's I think it's safe to run it back this week, and I think I probably will in the Millie Maker. Yep, that's fair. So what about some of these other uh, high end wide receivers, guys like Hopkins, who's on pace to set his career high in receptions? Which I read that today, and I was a little bit shocked because it feels like he's having a down year, but I guess not. Uh, at eighty one hundred, a bunch of like Hopkins in play. Catches. Yeah, I'm trying to use yeah. it like Michael Thomas, and, and he's not Michael Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Julian Edelman as well. I know Joey brought that up earlier. I mean, Edelman's been. I, mean, I think he's squarely in cash consideration this week. Yeah. Um. I tried to you know fit him in the build initially. It's kind of hard. Um. But. Edelman is one of my favorite wide receiver plays this week. Just just crazy usage over the last month. Um, no less than eleven targets. Um, <clears throat> just a just a great play uh, going up against the Eagles. Like I mentioned before, the revenge game from the Super Bowl. I think this is just an all around smash spot for the Patriots passing offense. Um, going up against just a terrible Eagles secondary. They won't be able to run the ball. Not to mention Isaiah Wynn is coming back to starting left tackle for the Patriots, so that should uh, help pass protection. I think Edelman will eat the you know the Eagles slot corners alive, and I, I expect another ten plus target game from Edelman. It's just if he can fall into the end zone or not with him, because he he's just yeah. not going to break off the long catches. You're going to get a bunch of you know eight nine ten yard catches, which is great when he you know when he gets seven to ten catches. Um, but he just doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, so it's all about if he can, you know, sneak his way into the end zone. Yeah, that's fair. And Edelman, I I, I read this today. I thought it was super interesting. Thirty six targets more than the next closest Patriots pass catcher. I mean, Edelman is another player who's on pace to break his career record. So. That's definitely interesting. And then just below him, you know, the two Bucks receivers, I think, are super interesting in this spot. On one hand, uh, Marshawn Lattimore is most likely going to miss this game, which sets up well for Evans. And P.J. Williams is back and healthy, which makes Godwin a complete smash play. Um, as we know, P.J. Williams is 
just a swinging door for fantasy points. And and we were right last week to be on Godwin as the play over Evans, although it didn't really pan out. You know, the, the Bucks pass game as a whole really struggled outside of Ronald Jones, surprisingly. But, you know, Godwin doubled up Evans in targets 12 to 6 last week. And like I said, I mean, anytime you get Godwin against PJ Williams, you got to just lay that down. Last time they played in week five, Godwin had his second best game of the season over 30 points on DK. So definitely like that. I don't know if you go there in cash, but uh, I mean, if we're talking about a Breeze to Thomas, Camara stack, I think Godwin is the clear uh, option to bring Damn, it back. Just, this week just outline my whole Millie Maker team. Why don't you? Jesus. Well, hey, I mean, that means that, uh, you know, that's great the, minds think That's the like. stack that I had. I mean, it is expensive as hell, though, so it's kind of hard to work with it. Um, but I, I think Godwin is a smash play this week. I think I mean, I'm probably going to be absolutely wrong like I was on the Saints last week, but I think this is uh, probably going to be the highest scoring game on the slate, if not the the Ravens game. I think this will be one of them. Mm-hmm. So what about uh, like some cash options? Because I think mostly we've been talking about GPP options at this point. We're going to have to find some value somewhere on the slate. So uh, who do you guys like for wide receiver and cash Debo. games? Yeah. He's a clear-cut cash mm-hmm. game wide receiver if Sanders misses. Yeah. I think if Sanders plays, he is still in play, but I'd be absolutely I'd be more worried about it because um, he'd have a bigger chance to bust. He was still playing well even with Sanders in the game on Monday. I played him at 100% on my showdown lineups, and yeah, he played well but, even, but I, with, yeah, even with and, Sanders in there. I know Sanders wasn't in there very long, but he still played well while he was – he was still getting looks, and yeah, I think he's fine. I mean, if Sanders plays, at worst, he's the number two option, right? Kyle Shanahan absolutely flamed Dante Pettis in the media this week, and you know George Kittle's like, you know, about ninety percent chance to miss nah, he, he, as of he Thursday. Yeah, he's out. Are yeah, you nah, sure? I thought nah, he said that 100%, he was he's out. disagreeing with that. Huh? Okay. Fair enough. So, yeah, I mean, at, at worst, that means that he's going to be the number two option, maybe number one. You know, ideally, I think that it would be dope if Sanders did play because that would make some people out there hesitant to play Samuel. And I think that, like Joey said, he w- I would still roll him out there with confidence, I think. Yeah, I mean, 4K. I mean, he, he should be priced higher. I mean, the only reason he's not is because it was a Monday night game and, and he was, you know, the price was out before yeah. the game ended. So Yeah, you, yeah I mean... I would I would probably still play him, but like you wouldn't get eleven targets out of him um, with Sanders there. Shit, you might not even get eleven targets again for him for the rest of the season. But I think at four K, it's just way too cheap for a guy that's gonna play on ninety plus percent of the snaps. And you know Jimmy G's gonna have to throw the ball in this game. So I, I like Debo at four K, just a just cheap price tag and should be able to pay it off easily. For sure, and I think that he'll be one of the uh, chalkiest options we've seen all season, assuming Sanders is out. And then another really, uh, you know, high high chalk option. I don't know, high chalk. No, someone who's going to be chalky this week is DJ Moore. I mean, he's already getting talked up a ton. He's fifty nine hundred this week, and you know, he's really work, working himself into this clear cut wide receiver one role. You know, early in the season, it was you know more Samuel back and forth, but I think Moore is really sort of separated himself. He's got 100 yards in back-to-back games, averaging 10 targets per game over his last four. And I think it's going to be really fresh in everybody's mind what we just saw Michael Thomas do 
to the Atlanta secondary, who is allowing the sixth most points to wide receiver and the seventh most touchdowns to wide receiver. And DJ Moore, you know, ideally has room to grow, could even experience some touchdown regression in a positive way. Only one touchdown on the season. They so are so bad. I think DJ Moore is going to be massive. Yeah, the Falcons are just so bad. That's just a spot to target for the rest of the season. It's just the Falcons um, secondary. And DJ Moore is just too cheap for a guy that's going to, you know, see around 9 to 11 targets on a weekly basis now. Just just 5,900 is just too cheap for DJ Moore. Yeah, you on that too, Jared? 100%. Yeah, and, and you know, in that same game, I, I like Curtis as a GPP pivot because, you know, he's, you know, as good as DJ Moore is, Curtis Samuel's like the deep threat in this offense. He's getting... You know, he's up there in the league leaders of passes 20 yards down the field or more. So I think that, you know, he's a great uh, pivot leverage play off of DJ Moore in tournaments. Yeah, I don't mind Curtis Samuel this week. Yeah, he's fine. What about some of these other mid-range guys? Uh, You know, in terms of cash, I like Tyler Boyd. I think Mohamed Sanu is pretty interesting. You know, he became a 100% player in his second game with the Patriots, played 100% of the snaps, had... 10 catches on 14 targets. Uh, granted, they do get Nikhil Harry back, but um, for 5,100, Sanu is interesting, and 100 more Tyler Boyd, I think, are both in cash consideration this week. I agree. I, lo- I love yeah, all I mean, three of them, I- including yeah. including Samuel. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all in play, but as, as of right now, it's looking like Tyrell uh, Williams is going to be more on than all of that. I hope so. Uh, um, fifty-four horrible. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind Tyrell this week. Obviously, the Bengals just suck. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the Let's thing. Does Tyrell play the slot? <laughs> I don't. I don't believe so. You know what Cincinnati ranks on receivers on the outside in the whole league. What? They're the what? third best. Okay. The only the only horrible against slot receivers. So we're playing Hunter Renfro. So, yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to say for GPP. 4K. They're only okay. bad against slot. They are really good out wide. I'm complete. I don't care if Tyrell Williams is 99% owned. I am not playing him. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention him. He's going to be chalked. That's fine. He could yeah, be, he'll he could be, be on. I mean, honestly, I think he's sandwiched between like three better plays on each side of him. I'd, I'd rather take Sanu, Boyd, and Samuel uh, in cash ahead of him, and then right above him, I'd rather have Ridley, McLaurin, or Marquise Brown in GPPs ahead of him. I have absolutely zero interest in Tyrell. I'm completely fine with fading. Um, I'll let. I will literally let him steal my money if I'm wrong. I'm good. He's he's not in consideration um, for me at all. Like at all. I will have zero percent of Tyrell. Yeah, I'm right there. And and right above him, I think that one of these two fifty six hundred dollar wide receivers is gonna smash this slate. I don't know which one yet, and I'm trying to figure it out. I'm starting to lean towards McLaurin, but I think that between Terry and Hollywood Brown, one of these guys is gonna have a monster slate breaking week. I mean Terry McLaurin is in the same exact spot that Godia Slayton went off in last week. And, and I mean, it's time, you know, um, Haskins was his college quarterback. They've got that rapport. Um, and we just saw that this Jets secondary just can't stop deep threats. Um, I guess it'll just come down to whether or not, like Joey mentioned 
earlier on the Haskins topic as to whether or not this coaching staff is sharp enough to realize that they need to beat uh, the Jets through the air and not on the ground. Yeah, I mean, I, I love McLaurin this week. Um, he's actually a really good wide receiver, even though he's a rookie. And like you said, he's got that connection with Haskins from their Ohio State days. So, I mean, I like him a lot. I like him a lot this week. <laughs> but uh, Marquise Brown is a great play, too. The, both of these guys are great uh, GPP options, I feel like. And I think one, like you said, is going to smash. I think they both could smash, honestly. But I lean McLaurin, too, just because he's a, you know, a 95 to 100% player. While Marquise Brown is, you know, like a sixty to seventy percent uh, snap guy. I just think so. the upside is there. With, the upside is higher with Brown, as in like just these deep shots. Yeah. But McLaurin, they said they want to move yeah. McLaurin all over the formation, so um, mm-hmm. I don't mind. I don't mind either. I'd rather play McLaurin in cash. I'd rather play Marquise yeah. Brown in um, GPP. But I also would play both of them yeah, I, over Tyrell a million times. Agreed. And, you know, people are talking about, you know, Brown's snap usage, which, I, I mean, you have to bring it up. But, like, I think it's pretty justifiable. You know, he, it was his first game back against the Patriots, so it makes sense that they'd work him in. And then they completely blew out, you know, uh, the Bengals. And I think that there's a very small chance that they blow out the Texans. I mean, that should be a back-and-forth game between two elite quarterbacks. So I do think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of appeal to get on Brown, especially uh, if, if his ownership yeah. is low, which I'm not quite sure what his ownership will be at this point. You but, definitely um, should have ex- – That's really it for Yeah, you definitely season. should have some exposure to um, both of those guys in your tournament lineups. Yep, totally okay. agree. Just I, one more guy uh, that I just want to bring up. I, I, wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate an Auden Tate play. I'll say that. God. At yeah. 4,200. I mean, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. He's got a ton of air yards. It's just a matter of, like, are the Bengals going to score at all or be effective at yeah, all? Yeah, I mean, you're guaranteed, you know? like, six targets with Tate, and the Raiders have the fourth worst past DVOA. So, I mean, the matchup is there. They're going to be. They just signed DJ Swearinger off the street, who's, who Tate should be lined up against. They're going to so. they're gonna be throwing the ball. Um, I like Auden Tate as, like, a little sneaky. 4.2k cash play but or not cash play gp play but kind of disgusting Um, (laughs) michael gallup john brown and dj chark are between 6200 and 6500 and i think all of them have a lot of upside but are kind of priced out of you know where they'll be popular plays i'm gonna say this right now john brown's big game is coming okay i mean damn that shit better hurry up because i've been losing money coming and it might be this week him and Singletary. Man, I hope so. I mean, so. only 10. He's only scored under 10 points every game. That's what I'm saying. The or, big oh, game is coming. He's only scored under 10 points one time this year. Yeah. But he's only scored over 20 once. Yeah. He's go- his big exactly. his big 30-point game is coming, and it might be this week. He might go for, like, 5-1-15, two touches. I mean, this is the I matchup. I would love to see it. This is the week, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, I never hate that as a stack in, in tournaments. Every week, I would play Singletary. Good. I would play Singletary and um, John Brown, even with without Josh Allen. Even if you still wanted to pay down at quarterback, like for GPP, I think they're both fine because I think Singletary is going to get back up to twenty twenty five touches this week with the way the game flow is going to go because they're gonna they're gonna dust the Dolphins because of John Brown. Okay. 
Okay, okay. Let's uh, move on to tight end here. Um, uh, uh, who who wants Greg to start Olson. with tight end? No. So, <laughs> oh, never mind. No, I like Greg Olson a oh, lot. Oh, lit. Yeah, Greg Olson. Talk about him. Greg Olson. All right, so let's 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 roll let's roll through this. Atlanta sucks. So we could, <laughs> That's we, it. Yeah, that's all. That's, we, could, we could end it now. Um, I kind of think Olson's a trap. That's crazy to think that. That's. I mean, so so last week he obviously smashed like total smash play. Had eight receptions on ninety eight yards, ten targets, but. You know, if you look at his last five games besides that, 4.2 targets per game, and his only two touchdowns in the season came early in the year against the Cardinals, who at that point in the season were like the ultimate tight end funnel of all time. And I don't know, it's just like kind of like the Singletary thing. It's like he has his his best week of the season, and then we're just going to jump on him and cash next week. You I, understand sure what happened that. like those two ga- like the two games before this, before last week, or the couple games before last week? Like the 49ers game where they and got lately. completely blown out, and Tennessee where Christian McCaffrey went stupid, and they struggled both games against Tampa. Really, the whole like the whole offense as a whole, like they didn't play well. Uh, that Jacksonville game, like, like I'll give him a pass. Wait, no. Did, I mean, like, I it's definitely up and down with Greg. Olsen. I think he's fine. It's not, I mean, he he's just too cheap. Thirty nine hundred. Um, he's gonna smash. If he sees, Atlanta sucks. If he sees five to seven targets against the Falcons' defense, he'll pay off his three point nine price tag easily. So I think he's one of the best uh, cash plays at tight end. But the only concern is like I really don't want to play like you know three Panthers in cash. I mean I think I'm going to either way with DJ Moore and McCaffrey and Allen. So Olsen's not in play, but. I mean, at this point, you need to throw in Olsen and you need to throw in Panthers defense and just sail to the money. Full-blown Panthers stack. Get rich. Throw Curtis Samuel in there. Defense, Curtis Samuel, Kyle Allen, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. What do you mean it's over the limit? Reggie Bonifant in the flex. Play play their their third Um, receiver. Play him, too. Jarius oh, Wright. Hell maybe. yeah. Uh, maybe I'm tripping. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so besides Olsen, what do you guys like at tight end? I think Jared Cook is going to be pretty popular this week. Yeah. No, what? Let's hear your little tight end spiel. My tight end take? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's your tight end for this week? I mean, see, we need to find some value somewhere on this slate and i think that the go-to option sir is below 3k at 2900 get that salary relief get my guy ryan griffin in there who is playing 94 percent of snaps in the later part of this season in week eight and nine you know against jacksonville caught four for four for 66 and two touchdowns then showed it up in week nine against the dolphins that he could do it without the touchdowns went six for 50 get you a nice 11 points out there and you know at tight end if you can get that um you're set at 2900 so i mean i don't mind punting this week especially to solidify some of the other positions out there and i really don't think that there's any smash plays it's not like there's a really great pay up guy I'm not going to pay up 6100 for Mark Andrews, who's running, you know, 20 routes per game. I'm not going to pay for Zach Ertz against, you know, the the Patriots. I'm not going to play 
for Darren Waller, who has less than 10 points in three straight at 5,500. So I think that I'm just going to punt in what is a pretty weak tight end, uh, you know, class on this slate, I think. <laughs> oh, God. That is absolutely disgusting. Okay. You got absolutely you disgusting. I mean, hey, people played rat last okay. week. Okay. I played rat, so stop taking shots. This is a whole... Oh, my God. I mean, if you want to play a guy averaging two targets on the year per game, go ahead, and that's with an eight-target game in there. That just goes to show, my son has four one-target games on the season when he when he still was a full-time player because Hernan wasn't there. Um, a two-target game and a three-target game in there. So we can safely project this scrub to get one to three targets, as the box score states, and I and he's on the literally the worst offense in terms of DVOA in the NFL. Like just an all around look, terrible play. Look. I don't I don't care if he's twenty nine hundred because obviously he can luck in to the end zone. You know he's got two touchdowns on what four catches for when he went off for twenty four points or whatever it was, right? So he he ran hot on the touchdowns that game. You know, two fifty percent of his catches were touchdowns. Just he's just so bad. He's not a good player. Let me let me just say one thing. And to counteract your DVOA point, dude, I'm not counting anything that happened in this offense for any Jets player when Luke Falk was the okay. starter. I, I think that you really can only consider from week six on when Darnold returned. Um that's really the only point that I'm looking at it. And, you know, that was that's what, five games? And, and Griffin has 11 points or more in three out of five. So, I mean, yeah, obviously he's 2,900 for a reason. He's not a smash, but I'm not holding, you know, his season averages that are largely in part with one of the worst quarterbacks we've seen play an NFL snap, you know, against him. Uh, same way I wouldn't hold it against Crowder or, or Bell or Anderson or anybody. Not Not that Darnold's, you know, a GOAT, but, I mean... There's a there's a significant difference there. Yeah, I mean uh, that, that's a fair argument, but Darnold is still one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL this season with a nice forty two point zero QBR. But I mean, if Griffin could get you know five targets, six targets, which would probably be his ceiling, then he could definitely smash at two point nine K. But um, just an all around ugly play, in my opinion. You, who else do we like here then besides, uh, you know, any of these guys? I mean, you said Dwelly I mean, in, in our little pre show talk. Are you really about I'm that about, life? You want to tout it on I'm the about that Ross Dwelly life, bro. I don't know if you guys are. Ugh. I don't know. I think you need to dwell on okay. that. We got the tight end flow chart in play, no George Kittle. Probably no Emmanuel Sanders. We'll still see on that um, key cut play. But say there's no Emmanuel Sanders, no George Kittle. That frees up a bunch of targets for, you know, Debo. Whatever, whatever. Who's behind, you know, Debo? You got Dante Pettis, who's garbage. Marquise Goodwin, who's exclusively a deep threat. Then we got, you know, just their little rotational wide receivers that might play, you know, 15 snaps. But then we got... My guy, Ross Dwelly, who played, get this, 80 of 80 offensive snaps against the Seahawks and had seven targets. 
Okay. 3,400, so he's 500 more than trash bag Ryan Griffin. He's going to start again this week. I think he. I think he's a solid cash option on DraftKings for 3,400. I mean, With the I, best I like, possible I like, uh, matchup. I like what you're saying right now. I like it. With the best possible matchup against a team giving up just an absurd amount of yards, touchdowns, and targets to tight ends on the season. Um, just worse across the board. I think this is Dwally week. I think he finds the end zone. And I, I might be the only one to play him in double-ups, but it's got to happen. Fuck it, dude. Yeah. What about... uh? <laughs> Remember, Fuck and um, 28, and he's on, a 20, he's on the Niners with a 28-team total on the slate. So, I think it, as a home favorite, so I think it all works out for him this uh, matchup and you know like jared was saying earlier in the year tight ends against arizona yep. do it fuck it i think that that has slowed down to be to be honest nah, they just haven't not faced as drastic as they it haven't was. faced any good tight ends and they're gonna they haven't faced any stars uh with the with the caliber yeah, of dwelling I, I hear what you're facts. saying um what no, about oj stop. howard you guys no, have any on. interest in going back to him no joey i don't mind Why, joey? this week i Why? had <laughs> i had him in a couple builds Why? Um, why? What do you mean, why? Why? Like, why? Literally, why? Why? I mean... Why? So, last week... <laughs> last week, he played on 84 of 91 offensive snaps. Okay, and... and you have seven targets. If they didn't leave him wide open for that one touchdown, he scores seven points. Yeah, that was so, pretty I mean, And who was that? The Arizona Cardinals. So let's play Ross Dwelly. All right. <laughs> it all comes full circle. It all comes full. I would I'm rather play Dwelly than Howard. I'll, I'll, I'll say that right now. I'm I'm playing Dwelly. I'll say that. I'll give the people my tight end pick for this week. Thirty four hundred. Ross Dwelly. Just salary matchup included. There's no need to pay up to Waller or Andrews. They're off the table. Ertz. I wouldn't mind him as a GPP option against the Patriots because they're gonna have no wide receivers to throw the ball to. So I don't mind Ertz, but it's either Cook, Olsen, or Dwelly, and I'm just going to pay down because that's the move. Yeah. On that note, Alshon missed practice. Ertz might get like 30 yeah, targets. Exactly. But, um, yeah. Um, okay, that's. I think that's pretty much all I've got interest in. Deep GPP flyer, if you're maybe doing like a, a Houston stack, I kind of like Darren Fells. Fel, um, he's got, you know, he's tied with Hopkins on the team for most red zone targets if that game shoots out he could get a piece of it he's shown that he can have a, a couple big touchdown weeks i think he's got uh multiple two touchdown weeks on the season and you know just to get some really cheap exposure to that game if you're trying to stack it up but i mean that's definitely not a cash play by any stretch yeah i don't i don't mind fells i mean he's not that good but i don't know i wouldn't mind it um i also wouldn't mind playing kyle rudolph who's actually been kind of uh Kind of good in these in this last month. Um, thirty six hundred. Nobody's gonna play him. He's gonna be a one percenter at tight end. I mean, obviously the upside is very minimal, but you know there there's some there's some touchdown upside with him. He get he gets red zone looks. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. five five three and six targets in his last four games. So I mean, if you can get five targets out of Rudolph, he'll probably catch all of them and you know maybe fall into the end zone at thirty six hundred. 
Yep, that's fair. Let's move on to defense, which, uh, you know, it's ugly this week. I mean, defense is usually ugly, but I mean, there's really no viable pay down options, in my opinion. I think the cheapest you can even consider this week of defense is Miami at 2,500 at home against the Bills. And like, that doesn't sound great, but I mean, you look at the Dolphins over the last two weeks and the two games that they've, you know, miraculously won this season, you know, eight points and 11 points. And we know Josh Allen is super turnover prone. They're at home. It's the second time they're playing in the division. So it could be lower scoring than, you know, projections are accounting for. I mean, that that's your punt option this week is the Dolphins. And even that is a little bit shaky to me. I think I'd like to find some money to get a little bit higher. I agree. Um, I mean, I don't really care about defense, to be completely honest. Like, I'm done with playing the Lions. <laughs> I honestly do not care about defense. It really does not matter to me at all. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be real. It mattered last. Well, I mean, week. there's there's definitely some thought that you have to. You had to put some thought into defense. Nah, brother. Good old scroll and roll. Look, scroll and roll is a valid uh, is valid. I think most weeks, but you know, last week, whereas for me, it was a priority to find that hundred to get up to the Steelers from the Browns. Uh, you know, the Browns were, I guess, a good play on the surface, but I think the Steelers were just a whole nother class. This week, I think it's the opposite. I think you just plug whoever you know fits into your build. I mean, I like the 49ers, I like the Vikings, I like the Patriots, the Raiders, Panthers. the Jets, the Panthers, the Saints. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's so many, you know, we're talking about Dwayne Haskins, we're talking about Finley, we're talking about I mean Brandon Allen. Like there's so many bad inexperienced quarterbacks on this slate. You don't really need a great defense, Cardinals. a great, you know, line Cardinals, who are the Cardinals? Oh yeah, one point yeah, yeah. five. I guess. Give me, give me. Um, I mean, it's give just me, all about me. who can, who can get that sack fumble for a touchdown or that freaking pick six. Cardinals, Chandler Jones sack fumble touchdown coming this week, coming at you. I mean, fifteen hundred. It's possible, and there's. It just seems like there's an abundance of really inexperienced quarterbacks on this slate. So I think that you might find one or two, or maybe even three defenses that that get that touchdown this week. Yeah, I mean, it's rough sledding out here for defense. I think um, I, I I wouldn't be opposed to paying down for the Cardinals. I just I don't know. I don't feel comfortable paying. I mean, they are really cheap, but I don't feel comfortable playing them. I'd probably just be more inclined to go somewhere in this mid range with the Saints or Panthers or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what about the Forty Niners? I mean, they're an elite GPP option. Um, if you want to go there and cash, I'm not opposed. Like, obviously, that conversation that me and you had been a couple weeks ago about defenses that was posted on Twitter, I think that's, you know, very valuable. And I don't think it's wrong to pay up for defense in certain spots. And I wouldn't be mad if you did this week um, with this slate. Yeah, position aside, um, you know, I think it's one of the safest ways you can spend 4K on the slate. I mean, you look at it from week five on 19, 10, 15, 17, 3, and 19. Um, So, I mean, they're going to most likely 3X that and have upside for quite a bit more um, at 4K. And, and, you know, Kyler Murray, uh, a lot of passing. Um, so that, that creates opportunity yeah. for turnovers more so than a, than a run-heavy team. So I like that as well. Um, Jared had to 
leave. So it's just going to be me and Joey to finish off these last two segments of this podcast. Um, Joey, do you want to give me a 1% play in terms of GPPs? Give us the play that you're going to plug into that Millie Maker and sail to the money this week. Uh, I mean, I, I have a couple. Um, so I'll, I'll give the I'll give the people a couple. At quarterback, obviously I talked about a little bit. Tom Brady is my quarterback play. He's projected to be under 5%. Um, I think I think he's a great play, and I think you just go ahead and pair him with uh, Julian Edelman, who's also surprisingly projected to be um, under like three percent ish. So, what about uh, the so-called best play on DraftKings from okay, Price okay. you were touting earlier this week? All right, um, I thought for sure that's where you were going. Yeah, I mean he's the best play on the board. I, I didn't want to bring him up because it's like, why well, give away my edge, you know? Be- right. Because yeah. I, I still need to make money. Um, mm-hmm. But we got we got my guy, first-round pick this year, best wide receiver in the NFL draft coming back. We well, came back, but he was in, inactive mm-hmm. last week. Nikhil Harry, okay, Min Price on DraftKings. As a fan, if he's active, I th- I would project for him – to play roughly, you know, 50 to 60% of snaps. And I think he leapfrogs Dorsett as the wide receiver three. I mean, honestly, he should be the wide receiver two over Sanu as well, in my opinion, because he's a great uh, wide receiver. And, you know, I think he I think he has some upside if he plays, but he might be inactive. So, <laughs> but okay, I like the Patriots. Okay, Nobody's going to play the Patriots uh, passing game. So anybody from the Patriots passing game, I am very high on this week. And they, you should get them at <clears throat> literally you know, 3%, 2%, 5%, which is basically 1% in large field tournaments. If you get a guy at 2%, it's basically 1%. So Yeah. No doubt about it. All right, and I got I got two two uh, cheap wide receivers I want to throw out, uh, both sub four K. First is Russell Gage, who has basically become a full time slot receiver for the Falcons. I think that he's a really cheap way to bring back stacks of that game. You know, Austin Hooper was playing over sixteen snaps per game in the slot, which was taking Gage off the field for the slots that he was. You know, the snaps that he was off the field, and at three point three K, I mean, Hooper's gone. Uh, they should have to pass in this game. Um, and you know, Hooper was also leading the team in end zone targets. So if, you know, Ryan is looking to the slot, which is the one weak spot of the Panthers secondary, which has been really good. Bradbury should be back this week and he's been pretty good at limiting Julio in the past over their last five. So, you know, I think Gage has a little bit of upside at 3.3 K, um, for sure. And then secondly, uh, our old, our old boy, our old, Man that we used to tell on the pa- uh, on the pod back in the day, Treyway, aka Treyquan Smith. You know the opportunity in terms of target hasn't really been there yet, but you know Ted Ginn is a walking fossil, and you know Smith played eighty three percent of snaps last week, um, which is a season high for him. If he's going to get eighty three percent of snaps in this matchup against uh, you know just a terrible terrible team, um, I think that we got to run it, and he'll probably be sub one percent honestly, Treyquan. Yeah, for sure. You probably get him at like a point. 50 ownership um just another guy i want to bring up you talked about austin hooper let's talk about his backup uh Jaden graham 2.8k yeah could he could I mean, be in play if there wasn't a smash play right above him for 100 more maybe he'd be in play <laughs> i don't think so 
Um, yeah, honestly, I think I, I think that Hill that Gage is more so the beneficiary of of Hooper's absence. But I guess we'll see. Maybe finally they'll start to utilize Calvin Ridley the yeah. way we all want to. But I mean, that seems like more of a dream than a reality. I mean, it's but, just. Hooper's. I guess, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I, I think Gage is a beneficiary of Hooper going down too. But what Hooper's leaving behind, just in terms of his role um, at tight end, he's leaving behind you know like twenty five percent of the team's you know t- targets and you know insane red zone usage. So I, I think Jaden Graham can uh, be a, he could benefit a little off that as he'll be the starting tight end for the Falcons. Yep. Okay, that's fair. Um. Well, let's move on to best bets. What do you got in terms of a uh, best bet of the week here? Best bet of the week. I mean, <clears throat> this is kind of kind of an ugly slate. I feel like. Um, huh. I think I think I like the the Bills. I think the Bills minus six and a half on the road in Miami. I know Miami's you know on a little two game heater. But I, th- I think yeah. I think the Bills just have a way better team than the Dolphins, and I think they cover this touchdown easily in Miami. Um, so give me the Bills minus six and a half this week. I like it a lot. This game could be like six to zero. Bills might not even get six and a half points. <laughs> not to be disrespectful, but I mean, who knows? Um, I don't know. Looking at the slate, yeah, it's pretty gross. But I think that the bet I would take is um, that the Texans and Ravens game goes over. It opened at 50. It's up to 51 now. I mean, this game could be like an easy 60, you know, 65. I think that this game is going to shoot out. I'm actually a little surprised that it's not the highest uh, implied game of the total. I mean, for God's sake, they have the Lions with Jeff Driscoll and the Cowboys with more implied points in this game. So, you know, I, I think that uh, Ravens and Texans over is a smash. I like that, but I don't know. I just kind of have like a gut feeling in my stomach that this is going to be like a 20-17 to 17 type of game or something. But, I mean, is like just from a from an offensive standpoint with both of them, it should go over. Um so I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, if that game goes under, then so does my bankroll because I'm I'm all in on that game. <laughs> and just yeah, we can close out the show, but we didn't mention during the wide receiver segment. You know, if uh, if Fuller misses this week, then Kenny Stills is a smash play oh, yeah, at 4600. Yeah, yeah. uh, we did we didn't talk I about think... that at all. I don't I don't really know what Fuller's status is. I think he was limited on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I think he's trending towards playing, but. I mean, there's yeah, there's just some okay. options only a couple hundred below and above stills to make yeah. him not chalk. And the Ravens secondary, like I talked about earlier in the pod, is actually kind of decent now. Um, so yeah, they're no, they're good. They're definitely good now. But yeah, um, I think that's all we've got for this episode this week 11 breakdown of the DraftKings main slate so uh like joey said at the top of the show you can follow us on twitter at the dfs dose as well as our individual twitters um you can follow me at ben hover b-e-n-h-a-u-v-e-r joey follow me on twitter at joey carrion underscore you can follow our boy jared at jared underscore underscore marcus that is going to be it for us this week hopefully we all collectively sail to the money Yep. All right. uh, See you next week as we break down the week 12 slate next Friday.